please do be seated there and allow me to add my welcome to Tom's little earlier on. I'm also called Tom and I also work for the Fleet Street Talks and um, I also think it's lovely to have you with us. We've reached again that time of the year when all around the country lights, Christmas lights, brighten up our streets. I did a bit of research ahead of this talk and apparently in the UK each year, 350 people visit a hospital with a fairy light related injury. Um, I don't know if you're one of those people swallowing a bulb, falling off a ladder, presumably banging their head against the wall because it's so hard to untangle the darn things. Um, The total electricity usage from all UK lights, 62 million kilowatts, or um, 17,000 times the annual consumption of a UK home. So if you work for EDF, I guess it's a very happy Christmas. Um, Hilariously, back in... 2015, Tesco Wrexham hired a specific member of staff as a designated fairy light untangler. You know, don't we all need a guy like that as we take the box down from the loft each Christmas time? Everywhere we go, we see lights. And so I thought for the next few moments we might consider together some words which pick up on this picture light in darkness. They're words from John's Gospel, one of the books in the Bible. They're words spoken by Jesus, the Christ, who is, after all, the centre of Christmas. They're down there in the centre of these handouts. Just allow me to um, read them out, and then I've got two headings for us to consider. So John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life, the darkness of the world. Even the most optimistic of observers would have to admit there is darkness in our world. Recent tragedies on our doorstep, growing knife crime in our city, just two examples of the kind of wickedness that you would have to say is prevalent. I began reflecting as part of this talk on the depths of human depravity laid bare by some of the biggest stories of the year. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, terrorist attacks in Sri Lanka and New Zealand, anti-Semitism, blatant racism, and of course, the list could go on. To believe that humanity is essentially good is to turn a blind eye to all of the evidence before us. The world that we live in has darkness and evil, In the darkness of this world, Jesus claims to be the light. And yet to fully understand the claim of Christ here, we need to engage with the shock of it. You see, Jesus, as he speaks these words, implies something shocking of his hearers. He's not speaking, at least in the first instance, to those who are odious in society. He's actually addressing the most moral, the most religious And yet he implies in the words of verse 12 that they, they, rejecting Christ, walk in darkness. Verse 12 again, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All of us, to some extent, will know that there are things we are deeply ashamed of. Things that we'd hate to see the light, things we'd much rather keep secret. I know that in my own life there are things that no one else knows of, thoughts and motives 
words and feelings which I would hate to ever be made public. Many ways in which I fail to meet even my own very modest human standards and then when compared to the brightness of Christ, my own moral failings become evident. If you've never done so, I'd really recommend this Christmas just reading through a copy of one of these Gospels, John's Gospel. These are real-life accounts. They're factual history. They're totally free for you to take away. They're available at the back. And what you will find, I think, in the life and death of Jesus is a man of just extraordinary kindness, a man without selfishness, a man without pride, a man who is humble, who only does what's good. You know, notably in Jesus, you will also find a man who always listens to God's will for him. He actually wants to do what the God of the Bible wants him to do. I mean, contrast that with our own antipathy towards God, our own willful ignorance of the things that he said. Contrast that with our own rebellion against God, our own insatiable desire to silence him. As the light of Christ shines into our world, he cannot but expose our darkness. He shows us our sin He shows us ourselves. He shows us we all need God's forgiveness. The darkness of the world doesn't stop at our door. And yet so too, this Jesus offers something which no one else can. It's the second heading on the handout there, the light of life. Just listen closely as I read out the verse again. I am, says Jesus, the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christmas is a great time for making true on promises, isn't it? That promise of the bicycle, or whatever it is. The excitement of unwrapping it. The promise of the latest toy, the latest game, whatever it might be in your household this year. Perhaps you can remember those first few years of Christmas you know, scurrying down the stairs first thing in the morning, the excitement, the anticipation of all that's so surely been promised from Father Christmas. Well, rewind to Bethlehem in about 4 AD, and God made true on a promise. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. God had promised one day to send a son into the world, a son who would bring joy to earth, a son who would rule with justice. He'd promised to send a man into the world to bring prisoners out from darkness, a man who would be our God come to earth, a man who would offer us salvation. The first of our readings was from the book of Isaiah. Just listen to the words which follow it. This is God speaking of this son who one day would come into the world. I will make you, says God, a light for the nations that my salvation may reach the earth. When Jesus claims to be the light of the world, he's claiming not simply to expose us. Perhaps you think of Jesus as a finger-wagging moralist, a pious 
self-righteous dictator of a man. He's claiming not simply to show us our sin. Perhaps you think he came just as an example to show us how to live. When Jesus claims to be the light of the world, he's claiming to offer salvation, light, life, freedom from our darkness, forgiveness by God, acceptance from God, a remedy to human sinfulness. Speaking personally for a moment, it took me a very long time to realize that this was the true message of Christmas. Not ritual, not fairy tale, but rescue from our darkness. When you think about it, it's hard to believe I missed it, isn't it? Like the light of a lifeboat offers help to the helpless, so the light of the Lord Jesus offers hope to those in darkness peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Whoever follows me, says Jesus, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In the new year at the Fleet Street Talks, we're going to be looking at John's Gospel together. And appropriately enough, we're going to be thinking specifically about the kind of life that Jesus can offer us, true life, eternal life, a life that he died in order to offer us. If you've never really considered the claims of Christ, can I really, really encourage you to join us? We don't meet for long, just half an hour on a Wednesday lunchtime. And can I encourage you to to come along, particularly if you think that there maybe just could be something to this? You know, it's very possible as we come into the light to find ourselves scurrying for darkness. Natural, perhaps, in response to Christ's words, to run away for danger of exposure. Perhaps you feel that temptation even now, the temptation to just head home and forget all about it. But Jesus is claiming to offer us life, forgiveness, salvation, a rescue, Why would you continue to live in the darkness? Why would you hide from the light? Following Christ means freedom and forgiveness. Following Christ means life. I am, says Jesus, the light of the world. May I wish you a very happy Christmas.